Welcome into the Scarlet and Gray Sports Recap. I'm Murphy Horning. Alongside me is Caleb Spinner. Ninth-ranked Ohio State with a 41-20 win over now 0-3 Tulsa. And Caleb, the Buckeyes got the win, but there was a lot of anxiety about this team after last week's performance versus Oregon, and I don't think this will cure that anxiety that much. No, it won't. I mean, it, this, is, this is one game. You know, one game is not a, a make or break. One game is not uh, the determination or the, the factor that would discount last week's loss to Oregon. But I think you look at this as a step in the right direction. You look at uh, the run game for starters. For those people who came into this one questioning the arm of C.J. Stroud, questioning his decision-making, you just had proof right there that at least if, if he stays shaky, Ohio State can pound the ball on the ground. So... You look at what went right here, you look at what the Buckeyes can build off of, and you move towards next week with Akron. Broadly speaking, Caleb, I honestly don't know if this is a step in the right direction because there's still a lot of holes the Buckeyes need to fix. C.J. Stroud, his decision-making was still a little bit shaky at times. I'd say this was easily his worst game of the three, so there can only be so much worry about him because you've seen what he can do against Minnesota and for much of the game against Oregon, but his numbers do not jump off the page at all. He was 15 True. for 25, 185 yards, one touchdown, and one interception. But on a True. positive note, how about Travion Henderson, man? So, so the first thing I'll say, though, is the, the team is not just C.J. Stroud. I saw a secondary who came out in the clutch with that pick six there especially. They did what they needed to do to hold on to a win. I saw a running game that held up when their quarterback was failing. So there were, a, there were several things to look at uh, as, as to why it's positive. Of course, this wasn't C.J. Stroud's best game stats-wise or you know passing the eye test. But uh, you know there are things to take away from this that are positive going into Akron. But Henderson... Man, did he step up. He did exactly what Ryan Day needed him to do. He came out there. He attacked every play. He was a shining beacon of light for this Ohio State offense. And I know that Blocko and everybody in attendance in the scarlet and gray apparel was happy to see it. I'll tell you, Twitter and all the message boards out there, they're, they're going to say that the sky is falling. And certainly, this is not good enough to make the playoff. But there are things individual things, Caleb, that you can look at. I mean, I mean, on a positive standpoint, the rushing defense, which, which gave up over 200 yards against both Minnesota and Oregon, only 58 today. At times, the secondary looked good. Denzel Burke, I thought he played a heck of a game. And Cameron Martinez, some, some of these young guys in the secondary, there's some talent there, and it showed today. Yeah, this, this team's not going to go from losing to Oregon last week to now all of a sudden national championship contender no. in a single week. But, like I touched on, like you just touched on there, there are things to look forward to and things to build on in practice. I almost guarantee they're going to be focusing on how to improve that run defense. They're going to say, hey, great job limiting to about a quarter of the yards that we allowed in the first two weeks. Let's make it better. Let's do a quarter of the quarter. You know, there's always going to be another step for Ryan Day, but... What what a game to go! What a game to go into this week of practice with having washed the taste of the Oregon loss out of your mouth and having things to work on and be positive with going forward. Even if it's not a, a fancy win, I mean it is a win. The Buckeyes do stay alive, and I mean there's no reason Ohio State can't make the playoff. I mean if they run the rest of the table, they should have a great chance. But just watching them. You're not you're not crazy if you have significant doubts that this team will do that. Yeah, I mean you, they can still make the playoff in terms of in terms of record. No problem, they can still make it if they win out. If they keep winning, 
Uh, even if it's just squeaking by here, though, that's where that's where uh, I'm a little hesitant is because we all know that there are certain teams at the end of the year who have the same record, and it's all determined by how many points you put up during the season. If they continue to win Ohio State and squeak out wins like this, wins like the one in Minnesota, I know it was two, uh, it was two scores, but you have some bigger schools putting up some bigger blowouts. I don't know if you get in on score alone. They're going to have to really dominate these next couple games and win out the season in order for them to have a shot at the championship. But I do think at least a high bowl game is in the future for these Buckeyes. And to get you up to speed on some of the games around the country, and Caleb, there's, and I, I'm, I'm not trying to sound Pollyannish or anything about Ohio State. Good Because there, there, there's a ton of problems. But there's other highly touted teams that have lots of problems. Mm -hmm. Clemson's offense, they had that rough game against Georgia where they only scored three points. They're only up 7-3 to three late in the third quarter versus Georgia Tech. So that offense for Clemson is a work in progress. They have it first and 10 at their own 31, 404 to go in the third quarter. And Oklahoma... They, they've had a shaky start. They have two wins by one score. They were three touchdown favorites today in the renewal of the rivalry game against Nebraska, but they only won by one touchdown. So th there's other problems. And Alabama, who looked like the only unstoppable team, they just won by, they won by two points at 11th-ranked Florida. They were favored by 14. So no one – I wanted to say Alabama looked invincible, but turns out they're mortal too. Yeah, you just went down the buffet of the college football lineup, gave me a whole bunch of things on my plate there to break down. So I'll go back through them. Let's Al do it. Let's Alabama, do it. Yeah. of course, you know, they squeaked by that win against Florida. I think, you, like you said, you said it best, they look mortal. In that game, when I look at number one versus number 11, you know what that tells me? Yeah. Rankings don't mean anything. When you get in the top 12, 13, those teams are almost all the same. They have the same fight. They can put it just up against each other. as no problem. You saw number 12 came in here last weekend and beat the number three uh, Ohio State Buckeyes. So those numbers just mean, hey, we're a really good team. We, it doesn't matter that we're playing the number one. We can still hold our own against it. Now that came down to a missed uh, two-point conversion at the end of it, which would have, you know, that would have held the game on a little longer. Maybe Alabama doesn't win that. Um, with Clemson, I think you're, you're, you're suffering from a severe case of we miss Trevor syndrome. Uh, but I think it's more the offensive line because Uyagalele, he looked good against BC and Notre Dame last year. Yeah, they have he a new did. look offensive line. I think I think that's giving them lots of problems. Also having the same weapons, you know, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, both are also notable departures from that Clemson roster. Not having those dudes to throw to on the sideline really hurts. And I think you see, honestly, looking at DJ Ugalele, uh, I think you see CJ Stroud without Wilson and Olave. You see somebody who comes in, relatively little experience playing at the big stage, comes in, but instead of C.J. Stroud, where he has Garrett Wilson, Olave, uh, Smith and Jigba, Ugalele has nobody of that caliber to throw to on the side, and you really see him flounder, and, and you know he, he's, he's drowning over there with no options to get it to. I think that's the thing that sets apart a, a young guy like Ugalele and a young guy like Stroud. And speaking of... Garrett Wilson and Olave, they had an uncharacteristically quiet day. Olave, he did not have a catch today, and he had that one drop on the right side, which was very uncharacteristic of him. No, no, no reason, you know, to panic. Dr bad mistakes happen, yeah. but he's a, he's a sure-handed guy. Garrett Wilson, solid game, but his numbers don't exactly jump off the page. Six receptions for 70 yards and a touchdown. So, is there any reason to worry about Ohio State's pass game? They, they didn't have much rhythm today. Stroud's decision-making was a little bit rough, and Ohio State's run game 
carry the play, but their pass game was solid throughout the first two games. What's your assessment of Ohio State's pass game at this point? So I don't necessarily think you need to worry about it, I, uh, about the talent that they have receiving the ball. I don't think that that's a, I don't think that that's a question mark here. What's what's the the big factor for me is the consistency or or lack thereof behind the line and with the hands. Like you can't blame uh, Olave or Wilson for some of the drops they have. I haven't seen a receiver who's perfect in a long time. No but, one has. Nope. But when you but what you look at with there. The ball was in their region. Those were catchable balls, which shows me that Stroud at least knows how to put it right where his receivers need it. But again, the decision-making, he takes a little a little bit longer to make those plays, which allows for sacks like we saw with the strip sack earlier in this game that really can hurt you down the line. So I think there has to be, you know, there's the talent there, but just the decision-making is what I would worry about when looking at the passing game for Ohio State. And, and consistency, that'll be the theme the rest of the way for Ohio State because at times Stroud has been good and looking at the defense at times today the secondary played quite well Caleb which oh yeah they quite did. frankly then that was a concern for the team coming in but some of the young guys coming in especially Martinez and Burke they're impressing me the pass rush was non-existent for the first two games it showed up a little bit during the second half against Minnesota they did it at times they were good today at times they had pressure on Davis Brin but still nowhere near the consistency with the pass rush that you want to see if you're Ohio State yeah it's got to be there every single play you can't take plays off especially if you want to have uh if you want to hoist uh the national championship trophy here you cannot have inconsistency especially on defense with what we just talked about about the struggles passing today uh, and and the, the stepping up of the run game, granted, but when your offense is struggling on, on your moneymaker, your passing game, you cannot have the defense give up lapses. That's what we saw a little bit today. Granted, you said the young guys stepped up. They did really well, and they did to their credit, but that's got to be the normal for Ohio State. And looking at next week for Ohio State, that is a 7.30 p.m. kickoff on the Big Ten Network for those watching on TV against the Akron Zips. We'll have that right here on Scarlet and Gray Sports Radio. Myself and Nathan Forstoffel will be the primary broadcasters for that game. But Caleb, thanks for jumping on today. Good job on your pre- and post-game <laughs> debut. I'm sure you'll be in this chair next year but next year at least yes but once again the final from columbus ninth ranked ohio state 41 tulsa 20. can i can i just say really quick yes, like i told you, you guys this is my first game being in ohio stadium as a fan or as a member of the media so this is my Unlike first time me. getting yeah. the taste getting the taste of all of this stuff could not have had three other guys around me that I wanted to break in my first broadcast with. You guys were fantastic. Except for Nathan, who was kind of shugging off some of the spotting <laughs> calls. No, 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 no. Nathan was great. Don't go there. Don't yeah, go no, there. No, no, no. I won't show too much behind the scenes. But, yes, you guys were great. It was, it was great to be here with you guys, and I, I'm looking forward to the next time I get to call something with you. But, Caleb, thanks for joining, and that's a wrap from Columbus. Once again, it's ninth-ranked Ohio State beating Tulsa 41-20. to you have listened to the Scarlet and Gray Sports Recap. Thanks for tuning in. So long, everybody.